Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune in today. I am here to help make sense of the Bible for you and to encourage you to keep reading as we go along. So today, before we jump into Genesis 1, I would like to do a little bit of an introduction to uh, let you know how I got to this point in doing a podcast. So I had the privilege, even though at times it might have felt like a curse, of uh, being raised in a Southern Baptist church. The plus in that was twofold. Number one, uh, I was so encouraged to read through the Bible myself. And number two, because of that, I very, from a very young age, I knew that Jesus loved me. When I was nine years old, I went to a revival service, which means that we went to church every evening for a week and listened to an evangelist and had a church service. And at the age of nine, I recognized for the first time that I knew Jesus died on the cross and that he rose again, but I recognized it was because of my sin that put him there that he died for me. And so we rode home. It was in the olden days where there weren't seatbelt laws. And I just remember sitting up at the edge of the seat, talking to my parents on the, on the way there and saying, how do I ask Jesus to come into my life? So we went home. My dad talked to me for a little bit. And then we knelt down and I confessed my sin. And I thanked Jesus for dying on the cross for me. And I asked him to forgive me of my sin and to come into my life. And for me, it took, it was real. And I knew that Jesus died on the cross for me. I have to give him my life. I, I didn't know how. I didn't know what that meant. And still in my mid-50s, I still sometimes don't know what exactly that means. I just knew he gave me everything and I need to give him everything back. So I kept growing up in church. When I was a young teenager, we got a new pastor. And that pastor encouraged all of us to read through the Bible. And when I began doing that, I saw, I had two aha moments. One, this story is connected. You know, there's the story of Joseph and the coat of many colors. And there's the story of Moses and the burning bush. And there's a story of Jesus loving the children. And there's a story of, you know, Paul with that bright light on his, on his face. It did not connect to me until I began reading through the Bible that, oh, Joseph in the coat of many colors, he gets sold into slavery, he goes to Egypt, he has all these hard times in jail and in prison, and yet God raises him up and he becomes second to Pharaoh, and that's because this famine is coming, and that's what brings all of Israel to uh, Egypt. And then, after a while, they become enslaved there, and then comes the story of Moses. And that beginning of that aha moment that these stories are connected helped encourage me to realize that all of the Bible is connected. The next aha moment that I had was that, oh, the Bible should be rated X if it were made into a movie. Not that I know what that means. 
Uh, as a senior church lady has once said lately, <gasps> I don't ever want to read the Old Testament again because it's nasty. That is one of the reasons that I love the Bible. It doesn't have a facade of holiness. It tells us how our world is. But in the midst of that nastiness, it also gives us hope. And ladies, we have all experienced the hardship and the nastiness of this world. Um, the Bible puts it this way, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have had those struggles. Sometimes it's internal with our own selves, and sometimes it's because other people have been a mess. And that's one of the things we're going to see as we read through the Bible. There is only one person that's perfect in this Bible, and that's Jesus way in the New Testament. All the rest of us are messed up. We are messed up. Now, one of the downsides of being raised in Southern Baptist, as a female that loved the Bible, I just didn't know what to do with it. I didn't really feel called to be a missionary, but I didn't know what I was called to do. And most of my life, I must say, I felt like I'm just wandering in the wilderness like the Israelites do. But when we get to that part uh, with Moses, one of the things that we will find is whenever the Israelites talked about it, they talked about wandering in the wilderness. But whenever God talked about it, he said, I'm leading them through the wilderness. And that is what I see in my life now looking back. God was always leading me, even when I felt like I was wandering and didn't have a clue. So I went off to college. I thought maybe social work is the avenue that I was supposed to go in. But I knew that, I mean, social work is good. But that's not what I was called to do because I knew that it was the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ and what he did for us that changed people's lives. And I was going to minor in music just because I like to sing. And lo and behold, I ended up majoring in music. Not sure why, because I knew music doesn't necessarily save someone. But boy, have I come to realize how music is so important in our worship and how that avenue is a response to what God has done in our lives. And so I ended up being a music major with a youth and assistant music uh, and, a, and a church music uh, certificate. They didn't have minors back then. It uh, was a small Christian college. So I began working at a wonderful church in Elgin, Illinois, as a youth and assistant music director. And it was wonderful. But as two years into that, I recognized I wanted more. And I just didn't know what to do. And so as I was reading through the Old Testament, Judges, which is one of the darkest books in the Bible. But in the midst of that, there are pictures of hope. And for me, one of those pictures of hope was the prophet and the judge of Deborah. And I recognized as I was reading through that book, reading through those couple chapters about her life, that I could not use my femininity as an excuse for not learning the Bible. So I applied to the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary because the pastor, when I was a teenager, said that that's the seminary to go to. And so 
off I went in January of 1991. It was an extremely foggy day as I'm driving to Louisville, Kentucky. I had a hold of that steering wheel and my I'm sure that my uh, my fists were clenched and my knuckles were white and I had tears streaming down my eyes. Um, I would try and stay behind a big truck to see those uh, lights flashing and as I was driving I recognized ah this is a picture of what faith looks like. I can barely see in front of me but I am trusting the one who is guiding me and boy has it been a ride thus far but it's been good and God is so faithful. So I went to Southern Seminary and one of the pluses about going there was that I found a man of God that loves the word of God. And uh, needless to say, we got married a year later. While being at Southern, I had some wonderful professors and some wonderful classes. My first was in Galatians, and then I've had New Testament, I had Greek 1 and 2, and my heart was so happy. And what was funny is, even at that time, I was afraid to say I wanted to learn the Bible, so I was going to get my MDiv in counseling, but I just took one class of counseling to know, no, that's not what I'm supposed to do either. Still that wandering in the desert, not knowing what do, what I was doing, but God always knowing where he's taking me and what he's doing. Well, my hubby graduated from Southern in December of 1991. We got married in January of 92. We moved in Ohio in March of 92. And in March of 92, I got pregnant. It was not until October. And by the way, this is a long story, which I will not tell today, but it is a fun story. We found out in October, though, that we were having twins, and I was immediately bedridden. Well, I was still commuting back and forth uh, to Southern from Ohio, still working on my degree, and uh, I recognized, of course, I'm bedridden. <laughs> Everything has to be paper and pen and mailed because there was no internet like there is nowadays, or it may have been, but most of the schools didn't have it. And I still had to type my papers on a typewriter. So I was taking church history one and I was finishing up my paper at home. I typed it. I got it all out. I put it in the envelope. I sealed that envelope. And lo and behold, it's like, hmm, did my water just break? And I go into the bathroom and the water keeps flowing. It's like, oh, I think I broke my water. I think my water broke. I didn't break it. <laughs> And so I went and told my husband, we went to the hospital and all I remember, I mean, of course, there's other things I remember, but one thing I distinctly remember, and I'm not sure my hubby remembers it this way, is that I grabbed a hold of him and I shook him and I said, don't forget to mail my paper. He said, I won't, I won't forget, I won't. And he didn't. That was my last assignment for that semester. And I recognized, especially having twins, that there is no way that I can go to school and do a good job at raising my kids. So I had to quit. I still have that letter um, saying that, that they are sorry that, that uh, 
you are leaving us and hopefully someday you'll be able to finish. And that's what my dream is like, will I ever be able to finish? Well, we were in Ohio just for a short time. There were a lot of other difficulties at the time there. And we also recognized church planting was not really our gig. And so we moved to Northern Illinois. And while being there, my husband became a pastor of a small Southern Baptist church there. And while being there, um, a wonderful um, deacon's wife came up to me and we were talking and she said, you know, Julie, when I read the Bible, I just don't get it. And I thought, how do you not get it? I didn't say that. I didn't know how to respond. And it wasn't until later that I recognized what a privilege and a blessing that God had given me to understand his word. Now, if I have any young listeners out there, when I was young, there were a number of times that I prayed, God, why do I care about your Bible? Why can't I just love shoes like everybody else? And I didn't realize what a blessing that God had given me in order to read his word and to understand it and have it make sense. Well, we were in northern Illinois for nine and a half years, and then we moved to central Illinois. As our twins began approaching the junior high age, they did not have a Sunday school teacher, so I became their Sunday school teacher. And I did not want them to experience Sunday school like I had, where you have these pop corn stories that don't connect so we did a storyline and I created the line and then I used old church pictures and posted them up on the timeline and when I did that ah, another aha moment which should have made sense to me way before but it just didn't click until I started doing my timeline and that was that the storyline technically stops at Queen Esther in the middle of the Old Testament not at the end of the Old Testament and so our uh, for those who may not know the Christian Old Testament is the same as the Jewish scriptures they just have it uh, categorized in different settings but the christian old testament have five sections we have the books of moses which has five books the books of history which have 12 the books of poetry which have five the major prophets which have five and then the minor prophets which has 12 books well, the storyline ends at the books of history. And then the poetry and the prophets, they fill in in that timeline. So our Sunday school class had pictures like all the way up to the wall and all the way down to the couches that were in the youth room as we were filling in the rest of the Old Testament stories. So it took one year we did the Old Testament. Our second year we did the Gospels, which means the good news of Jesus Christ. And then the third, which was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then our third year we did from Acts to Revelation and did that. That's the life of the, the church and Paul the Apostle and his uh, missions and ministries that he took. And after that, we ended up getting a youth minister. And so I no longer taught youth Sunday school. 
The plus with that is that I then moved to our uh, young adults. We called ourselves technically the younger adult class because we were an adult class that was the youngest of all the other adult classes, which were seniors. But we didn't really consider ourselves young anymore either. And so we did the same thing. The first year we did the Old Testament. The second year we did the Gospels, which means good news. And the third year we did Acts to Revelation. From there, we ended up going through each of the individual New Testament books uh, throughout our time there. And we lived there for 18 and a half years. And it was a, a wonderful ministry and a wonderful time. And I still, I love that Sunday school class. Well, we were discussing, my husband and I, when he was going to retire and what we would do. And throughout all of these years, I had considered um, going back to seminary to finish my degree, but it didn't seem the right time. And now, at that this time, my kids were all out of the house. They had all graduated from college. My husband was beginning to retire. And so I asked, I said, would you consider us moving back to Southern Seminary so that I could finish my degree? And then we could live there on time. I'd go full time for one year and then I should be able to finish. And he said the sweetest thing to me. He said, Julie, you have followed me everywhere. Of course, I'd be willing to go back to seminary. So. Starting in January of 2020, I began with what's called modular classes. That is when uh, you go for a weekend and then everything else is online. And then COVID hit and everything was online. And then in August of 2021, we moved to Louisville, Kentucky so that I could go as a full-time student. And by the way, Southern Seminary was gracious, so gracious. They accepted all of my credits and they put it towards um, the majority of where they needed to go for my degree. And so I have a Master's of Divinity degree from Southern Seminary and I graduated last May. While being at Southern, one of the classes that I took that really affected me and helped bring me to this point in this podcast was Church History 2. And it started with the Reformation. And that was when the Bible began being put in the language of the people and how God moved. And I just kept thinking, we have so many Bibles in English, and yet why aren't people reading them? And I went back in my mind and I thought about that deacon's wife that said, I just don't get it. And I thought, how can I encourage women to read the Bible? How can I keep them going to keep on reading? And and we'll see what God will do. One other book that affected me was a book by Dr. Moeller, and it was in my Christian leadership class, and his book was The Conviction to Lead, and there was a chapter called The Digital Leader, and it reminded us, reminded the readers that there is a real thing called the digital world, and we need to participate in it. Now, I'm one of those older people, and for those who really know me, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the digital world. But one of the things that going back to school, I had to learn 
again to use technology and and one of the pluses about covid was that all of us all these churches have learned to use uh, facebook and the computer and the internet and that digital world actually kept us sane during covid and so a podcast is now born so here we are be um today's lesson let me just i want to make sure that i end with a little bit of scripture and we're only going to take a look at genesis 1 1 and it says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth what can we learn from that number one in the beginning there was god before time began there was god before our world existed there is a god Number two, in the beginning, God, his name here is Elohim. It's a generic word for God. And technically, it can be uh, either plural or singular. So how do we know that it should say God here and not God's? The key is the context surrounding the word. And ladies, that's one of the things we're going to find as we read through the Bible. Context is key in understanding the truth that we find in Scripture. In the beginning, God created. Oh, ladies, God is so creative. And sometimes the church's church people don't like creativity but God loves it and he's king of it and not just as we look into the heavens look into the depths of the sea do we see his creative genius but this bible from beginning to end the thousands of years that it took to write it and yet it tells one story and one of the things we're going to find ladies is that we are a part of that story and that story continues in us until the day of Christ Jesus. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That helps us. Why does that matter? That matters a couple of things. Number one, that gives us our world view. How do we view the world? If there is a God, then we are not it. Um, let me share with you a prayer that I prayed. It probably started 15, maybe 20 years ago when life was in one of those dark, dark times and I had hardly nothing in me. And I would pray this. You are God and I am not. You have a plan and I don't have a clue. And then lots of times it was either, help me, oh, help me. So, I hope, I hope and hope that I have some listeners who they don't even know what they believe about God. And one of the things we're going to find about the God of this Bible is that he absolutely loves truth. And so, if you don't know what you believe, then just acknowledge that. Say, God, if you're real, I'm going to read through this Bible to see what I believe in you. And if you are real, then will you please Reveal yourself to me. And, and ladies, if you know the Lord, then acknowledge him in all of the areas of your life. The one plus about God being the creator of the heavens and the earth is that he knows exactly what's going on and that the world situation rests on his shoulders and not on ours. So 
The downside to having a podcast is this. I can't hug you. I can't cry with you. I'm, I'm going to be setting up an email and, and maybe I can pray for you in that sense. But you need, whether it's the church, you need someone to read through the Bible together with, to cry with, to share your aha moments with. So would you find a friend? Say, hey, in 2023, would you read through the Bible with me? And meet maybe once a week, maybe every two weeks, and read through together. I also want to encourage you to have a journal so that you can write the aha moments or the questions that you might have. And so ladies, as I close up today, um, when my Sunday school class and I went through the different books of the Bible, there was one that struck me so much, and that is the book of Hebrews, which is in the New Testament. But the writer of the book of Hebrews was writing to the Jews to say, hey, Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. And in there, there is a verse that says, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. So ladies, let's commit to one another that if we hear God's voice, we will obey. Until next time. Thanks. Bye.